Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, welcome to the show, everyone. Hope you are having a great day. So hard to believe, isn't it, that we're already coming to the end of February? I mean, it's amazing. I always tell people, when you're in school, like, you know, high school, middle school, whatever it was, didn't it seem like forever until summer vacation? I mean, didn't it seem to take so long? And and even you got to enjoy the summer vacation. And you know how your parents would always say, better enjoy it because time flies. And I would think, oh, I'm so tired of them saying that. Well, guess what? Don't we know they were right? Wow. Sometimes I feel like I'm on a jet plane. I mean, it's like January, and then before you know it, there we are, the end of February. But all in our exciting life of really trying to find quality of life for people with disabilities. And that is what it's all about. Okay. Special shout out to Yoshiko Dart. Yoshiko, never forget you on any show because you know how I love you and everything you're doing for the disability community. Special shout out to my friends around the world. Ireland, I don't know what's going on there in that country, but like you're really rocking it with our people, you know, countries listening to the show. Um, Thank you. Keep it up. I can't believe there are 17 countries uh, that have been listening to the show. It is awesome. And I've also noticed we have a huge amount of people that listen to the show on demand. And that is A-OK. That is wonderful because that way you can tell everyone else you know about this show um, and spread the news. And we're we're happy that you do that. And I have to thank Highmark, Blue Cross Blue Shield, who is the lead sponsor for this show again this year. And another supporting sponsor, AudioEye. So thank you so much for helping me help everyone else. Well, I am excited, excited, but passionate about this show. Excited and passionate. Let me tell you what I mean by the difference. I'm always excited when some of my favorite people on the show because I love them so much. But I'm also very passionate when it's such an important, serious topic as what as what we're going to discuss today. And I know you all know I love Senator Bob Casey. Just so all of you know, across America, let me tell you, this man is fighting the fight for all of us living with disabilities. He is the real deal. He is the kindest man, but he's all about civil rights. And in the state of Pennsylvania, which you all know, I am headquartered in that great city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Are we ever proud that we have Senator Bob Casey as our statesman and our senator? And if you're listening right now, let me tell you, if you have a child with a disability, any connection, you need to know that he has been fighting the fight for us. And that's why I am so excited to have as our guest today, Michael Gamel McCormick. I'll bet any of you listening in the disability world, you all know who that is. And he is the disability policy director for Senator Casey. 
and Liz Weintraub, who is a fellow for the Special Committee on Aging in Senator Casey's office. So, welcome, Michael and Liz. Thank you, Joyce, and it's an honor and a pleasure to be with you and your listeners today, and I'll let Michael... Likewise, Joyce, and, and thank you for those kind words about Senator Casey. Well, you know, that man, I love him. We all love him. So, Michael, I'm going to start with you, although I've got to tell you, you know, behind every great, like, senator, there's this person behind the scenes doing it all, and it's this man, Michael, and he is so humble, and he's, like, never taking credit, but trust me, he is making it happen behind the scenes and fighting the fight for all of us. So, Michael, my first question for you. How did you first become involved in politics and what what caused you to get connected to disability? So, Joyce, I'll take that fir- the second one first here. Um, I come from uh, a large Irish-Italian family. I grew up in Philadelphia and um, we had many, many, many relatives and many relatives with disabilities. So I, I grew up around people with disabilities. They were part of my family. They were part of my world. They were part of the normal process of what the human experience was in, in West Philadelphia and South Philadelphia where I grew up. Um, so it is an inherent part of who I am. My mother also taught um, students who were deaf um, for the Archdiocese of, of Philadelphia, um, and I would often go to her classroom or, or visit and um, know those children and, and those families. Um, so as I said, um, and how we like to think of it here is that disability is just part of the human experience. It's a natural part of the human experience, and um, I'm not sure that I got into it. I think what it was is I was just it, born to be part of it. So as for your first question, the, the politics part, I always like to say I'm not in politics, I'm in policy, um, um, with a fine difference there. But um, I was a, for a long time a direct service provider, a teacher, and um, I was a university professor who did research. And the next logical step was to take those experiences and that research and move into, um, into policy and help shape policy. Um, so I'm also old, Joyce, so I've had a lot of jobs in my life. <laughs> you are not old. You may be seasoned but, and wise, but not old. Well, well, how do you like it? I mean, you're right. You're not like you're running for office, but you are not only a policy person, you're very supportive of everything going on with uh, Senator Casey. Uh, But before that, there's another very famous senator that fought the fight for us that you did work with, Senator Harkin, correct? I did. I worked for him for five years, yes, for the last five years he was in office. And Senator Tom Harkin, I just love him. Here, here's someone. Well, actually, guess what? In my office, years and years ago, I was at a charity, and it was a fundraiser actually for Dreadoff. And they're like, you know, auctioning off these trips to uh, California to back back scene views of TV shows and all sorts of things like that. But I wanted this one thing. 
the shadow box of the ADA, the pen, a pen that uh, President Bush used to sign it, a ticket, and it has index cards that were the speech that Evan Kemp was going to give, ah. who has since, as you know, passed away. And it has, of course, the Americans with Disabilities Act. And whose signature do I see from my desk? Tom Harkin. So, uh, you know, he definitely, and he still is fighting for people with disabilities on a global basis. Absolutely. I mean, he's, he sponsors an annual um, disability employment summit, um, and I think this is the third year that it is run. He, um, he has reached out to, I think the last summit they ran had 40 countries um, of people who joined together to try to address the problem of increasing disability employment. Well, Liz, you are your own radio <clears throat> star, as I recall. You had the radio show, is that right? I have a YouTube series called Taste with Liz and um, the the sort of go into my background. Um, I um, come from a family um, um, never um, in elected po- politics but always definitely involved and interested in policy, um, all the dinner table conversation was around policy, and I never, I, I was part of, I sat in on, um, on the um, conversation because I was truly involved included in my family and like a lot of my and like a lot of our friends. Um but I never understood about policy and um about the Iraq war or the the policy in nineteen seventy or early eighties and um nobody would tell take the time to explain it, they would say, oh, well, look it up or or find someone else to explain it to you. I'm too in a hurry to talk to you about that. And besides, you wouldn't understand it anyway. So I wanted to make sure that my friends and I would understand other people with disability understood about policy because it's not good enough to ask Michael or other advocate like yourself to help us understand policy so we could go to here on on the hill to advocate here in on DC or in um in Harrisburg and Pennsylvania or or Boston and Massachusetts. But so I wanted to make sure that I my friends are and people with disability understand about policy so we could um, go up and advocate for for ourselves and for others. 
Well, good for you, uh, Liz. And, you know, I, I hate it when people want to know and want to understand. And regardless, it doesn't matter what the disability is when people just sort of don't take them seriously. I hate that. So good for you that you spoke up and that you became an advocate. Um, and tell us, how do you feel about serving for, uh, as a fellow for Senator Casey? Um, I'm quite honored to be here, um, and I'm quite honored to be the first person, um, but it's about time for people to be in the Senate. Um, it's been a long time coming, because if you think of it, nothing about, one of my favorites saying, nothing about us without us, we need to be involved with these discussions last last. Um, for example, last uh, summer during the Medicaid fight, that was all about us. And um, I know we're going to talk about HR 620 in a few minutes. Um, that's about us. And we should be involved with talking about that and how it will affect our lives. And yes, send it to Casey and Michael can talk about it, and they do a great job. That's not the question. But the question is, I have the experience that and my friends and other people with disabilities have experience that we can share with you about things. Right. Yeah, we with disabilities like me with epilepsy, uh, everyone needs to be included because what good would it be for people to make decisions for us if we're not part of it? I I agree with you 100%. And and what do you do, Liz? What do you do in the senator's office? Um, I'm working on employment. I'm helping helping with policymaking. Um, I, I'm, um, understanding about hearings, um, trying to figure out how hearings work, um, and those kinds of things. Joyce, I'll say uh, that, that, that Liz, um, is assigned to me as a, as for her supervisor, but she works across all of the members of the offices and does not only disability policy, but some other things as well. She just left a um, juvenile diabetes and insulin meeting as well. So she, um, she has branched out far beyond me. <laughs> and Liz, you know, why do you think it's important for you to be an advocate? You know, there are many people with disabilities but they don't all choose to be advocates, but you did. Why do you think that is? I think it's important for me to be an advocate because this is our lives. We need to be speaking up. It's not good enough for Michael or or uh, others, um, Michael or other advocates to talk for us. They'll do a great job, I know that, but it's really important. Nothing about me without me. Oh, I love that. 
That is so awesome. Yep, and it's so true. We have, um, we just have so, I, I hope everyone, every young person with a disability listening to the show, you can't sit back and say, why don't we have this or why don't we have that? You have to get involved. It doesn't matter how young you are. You've got to get involved. You've got to get involved. You know, I mentioned earlier, Michael, um, when we started the show, that Senator Casey has done so much on behalf of people with disabilities. Um, And as I told all of you, this man is like the most down-to-earth He's a real statesman. You know that? So I was going to have lunch with him, and Michael doesn't know this, but I'm thinking, oh, you know, I'm not a member of the Duquesne Club, and what restaurant would we have to go to, and where would I have to take him? So we decided, we'll ask him, where does he want to go? And you know where the answer was? P.F. Chang's. So that's (laughs) what I mean about Senator Casey. And then when we get there, what's he say? Well, this place is really nice. I haven't been here before. I mean, he's just like that. He is just like that. But, Michael, because there are people, not just here in the United States, but throughout the world listening, um, and in a huge amount, of course, uh, on this East Coast, would you mind sharing some of the things Senator Casey has done on behalf of people with disabilities? Sure. I'd be happy to, um, Joyce. So... The senator um, has a history of really focusing on supporting families, children, um, and those with disabilities, um, as well as as older youth and and adults. So he's been a huge supporter of the Children's Health Insurance Program. And in fact, um, over the last six months has just really worked hard to make sure that that program got reauthorized. You know that that program covers so many children who have disabilities to make sure their families have the insurance to be able to care for them. Um, it was it was supposed to be reauthorized back in September. On By the end of September 30th, um, it wasn't, and he worked from that point forward really trying to get it um, to move forward. He has a long history with that program, um, going all the way back actually to his father um, when his father was governor of Pennsylvania, starting up that program. Um, The senator worked enormously hard in 2013 and 2014 um, to focus on disability employment with the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act, um, which really ramped up the ability for states to provide um, integrated Um, competitive integrated employment for people with disabilities. Um, In the recently passed um, Elementary and Secondary Education Act, um, he made sure that um, students with disabilities had the opportunity for transition um, from school into work or into post-secondary education. He's been a huge supporter of people with disabilities moving on to um, to higher education, and, and there's, a, there's a program, Joyce, called TIPSID, which is the transition programs for those with intellectual and developmental disabilities to higher ed that he's 
um, been supporting. And then one of the biggest things that happened back in 2014 was the passage of the ABLE Act. And what ABLE did was it allowed individuals with disabilities who receive um, benefits from places like um, supplemental security income where they may get um, a cash benefit um, or um, may get their health care covered um, by Medicaid, um, that if they earned um, if they were able to put away some money, um, they wouldn't um, lose those benefits. And what's that's done is it's really allowed people with disabilities to save some money um, for larger projects like the purchase of a car or um, being able to go back to school and pay for school. Um, in the past, um, the limitation was, was $2,000 in assets that you could have, and that just kept people in poverty. Um, that kept people um, we, um, in, in a place where they couldn't be economically independent. Um, we know 28% of the people with disabilities in the country, Joyce, live in poverty. It's the highest subgroup poverty rate of anybody when we think of, of um, different groups of people. 28%, more than a quarter of the people in the country. And the senator really wanted to say, you need to be able to have the ability to put away money, save it, and not lose your health care. Um, so he's done a ton of work um, around supporting families, individuals um, um, with disabilities, and making sure that they can be economically secure. Oh, and that is so awesome. Well, Michael, I'm very, very upset about this uh, H.R. 620, and mm-hmm. my concern is that, you know, with everything going on nationally, this somehow is not being realized. Uh, and that's why we've got to use every means possible to get this uh, information out. But I believe this bill if passed in the Senate, really does gut the ADA. So would you mind talking about it? Sure. Um, it, the, the House of Representatives passed what um, Joyce said is, is um, H.R. 620, and, and the formal name of, um, of that bill is the ADA Education and Reform Act. Um, although the senator says, um, whenever he refers to it, that it's it's hugely misnamed, um, because what this bill actually does is it takes away the incentive for businesses and other um, other entities that offer public services um, to make their services accessible. Um, it targets a title in the in the ADA, Joyce. Title III, that private businesses and entities that offer public services um, under the ADA are charged with making those services accessible so that somebody who's blind, somebody who's deaf, somebody who has an intellectual disability or physical disability can can take advantage of those services, can have access to them. Um, And what this bill does is it says that um, if I have a disability and I want to go to a restaurant and I can't get into your restaurant, that you don't have to actually change things for six months. I need to make a formal complaint. I need to put it in writing. I need to cite the part of the law um, that is being violated. And then I need to wait for a time period for it to be um, for the business to actually make that, that service accessible. 
Joyce, we never, ever ask any other group of um, individuals to wait for access and their, and their freedoms in that way. If I were um, a woman, if I were an African-American, um, and I walked into a restaurant and the owner said, I can't serve you because you're a woman or an African-American, um, that would be horrendous. But that's essentially what this bill is saying at this point. And Joyce, I'll tell you, the thing that probably is the most concerning right now is that um, when that, that waiting period occurs, it essentially takes away the incentive for businesses to offer um, accessible services until there's a complaint. The ADA has been in place for 27 years. We need um, all businesses to have support to be able to offer accessible services. Um, we know that not every place is accessible, and there are lots and lots of resources out there to make them accessible. But taking away basic civil rights from people with disabilities is not the way to go with this bill. Um, it is very troublesome, um, and we're working hard in the Senate um, to address it. And that is absolutely outrageous because what could happen here is, first of all, many people with disabilities, if they would go to a building and it wasn't accessible uh, or Braille or captioning or you just couldn't get into the building, whatever it would be, and someone would say, I'm sorry, this building isn't accessible, like not every person with a disability is going to even know what to do. They're not going to know uh, that they have to go find this, you know, part of the ADA that has been violated and, you know, send in this uh, citation and go through all. How many people are going to know to do that? And I know that many businesses already would think that. And so they wouldn't see any need really to do anything. I mean, to me, not only is this rolling back the ADA, but it's that thing you said at the beginning. You're going to a group and you're saying, you can't ride on the bus? Mm-hmm. Too bad. But you can't sit in the front of the bus for six months. That's what it's like. It's like saying that. Sorry, give us six months. You're a person of color. You can't sit up front. Give us six months to work on this. I mean, this is outrageous. And my first question that I'm going to ask you um, is what do we need to do? So I think it's very important for everybody who has a disability, everybody who has a family member or is a family member of somebody with a disability, um, all those really good um, actors out there who are businesses and service providers who um, work hard to make their um, businesses accessible, um, to get to their senators and say that this is... This is not what needs to happen to the ADA. It essentially, and the senator has used this word, guts the ADA. Um, it makes it so that the ADA um, essentially doesn't have any teeth in it um, at this point. So making sure that, that every senator knows this, since this has already passed the House of Representatives, um, and making sure that those senators know that it's important to keep in place um, the, 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 the enforcement provisions uh, of the ADA. Now, Joyce, I'll, I'll 
pivot really, really quickly and say that one of the reasons this has happened is because there are some, you know, there are some attorneys out there who are not the best actors and have filed um, many, many suits um, based on the ADA. If the trouble is um, lawyers who are filing um, multiple suits, then it's really the it's really the, that behavior that is the problem. It is not the civil rights of the ADA. The civil the, the ADA is not broken, um, and so what we need to address is actually the behavior of those lawyers and not the civil rights that are in place for people with disabilities. Yeah, we can't control those bad attorneys, but what the heck does that have? What we're going to change other laws because they're bad attorneys? I mean. Right. <clears throat> That you are so right on when you say that, uh, Liz. How about you? What do you think? I really um, I think they will hurt uh, my friends and I and other people with disability to be able to live in the community to use the services just like anyone else. I have. Friends who use wheelchairs or crutches or canes, and they can't get into to a to a restaurant because they're the staff. Um, a few weeks ago, I was with a friend of mine who uses a who uses crutches, and we needed to. Leave the restaurant that we want. We all wanted to go to, just because we couldn't get into the the restaurant because our friend Rob, Rob couldn't get into the restaurant. And you would say to to people, you might think, oh, just leave Rob alone, leave Rob. To to fend for himself. No, he's our friend, and he has the right to. to. You know, I'm going to tell you about this, uh, Bill. I'm sitting here and I'm thinking. So there's a really nice restaurant. You know, we'll say like a little bistro or something that can be put up somewhere. But the builder knows, ah, but I don't want, I can't really spend money to make this one part accessible and knows about this uh, bill. So it's this really great little neat restaurant and you go and you use a wheelchair or, um, you know, whatever that you need. And when you go there and all your friends are telling you about this great hot new little spot, and they say to you, you know what, come back in the future. Come back and then hopefully we'll be able to, uh, you know, let you come in. Come back in six months. Come back. I mean, can you picture that happening? This is horrendous. Now, if you're, if you're listening, I want to remind you that we can't do anything Unless you do something. Michael, I want to ask you a question. Does it not make a big difference? You know, sometimes people think I'm one person. If I take time to call a senator's office and say I oppose this, what difference can that make? But am I right that every call counts, right? Every call counts. Every email counts. 
every visit counts. Um, and Joyce, I'll, I'll especially emphasize that you don't have to come to Washington. Um, your senators all have offices in the state, and those state staff um, are just as important as Washington staff. We do. And here in the KC office, we talk all the time with our state offices. So visiting a state office or calling a state office or emailing them um, is just as important as sending a note here as well. I would also add um, that sometimes from my point of view, because um, I, I might, as I live in D.C., I'm very lucky, but most of my friends and most of the people that I know um, can't afford to come to D.C. and don't have the expense of, of um, coming. So it's really important to go to your uh, state office. Yes, very important. And when will this vote take place? We haven't seen a Senate companion of the House bill introduced yet, Joyce. Um, so I would say keep your eyes peeled. We will be happy to um, let you know if that ends up happening. Um, but still, right now, even though there's not a Senate companion, voicing your opinion about this type of legislation to your senators is very important. Well, listen, we have a caller on the line. Uh, okay, Kelly, are you on? I am. You are. Kelly, how are you, Kelly Buckland? Kelly is I'm, the director, the CEO of the National Council on Independent Living. Kelly, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Joyce. It's great to be here, as always. Love you and love your show. Thank you. Hey, and we love you, too. You know what we were talking about? We were talking about, um, the, as you probably heard, the H.R. 620. What are your thoughts on this, Kelly? Yeah, I actually have been listening. Uh, I agree with both Michael and Liz. I mean, this is a horrible bill. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take away the rights of, of uh, millions of people with disabilities across the country. And uh, specifically, can you you give some examples of what you mean? Joyce, can I I interrupt for just a second? I apologize. Liz and I actually have to go see Senator Casey right now. Okay, and we we all send our love to him. (laughs) We will will send um, your hellos to him as well. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Thank you. Go ahead, Kelly. Yeah, I sent actually some of my uh, examples on to the, the House members. Uh, for instance, my, my son's uh, dorm room is not accessible. There's a step in front of his dorm room. And when I asked the school to make it accessible, uh, they looked at it and come back to me and said no. Even after I told them what their responsibilities were under the law and sent them documentation about... Um, uh, accommodations and the requirements to do what's uh, readily achievable. Unbelievable. And I think, Tony, do we have you on, Tony Coelho? Yes, I, yes, I am, Joyce. Oh, Tony Coelho. Tony is author of the ADA 
um, and, you know, is a man that has really spent his life fighting for quality of life for Americans with disabilities, but because of what he did, author of the ADA, I cannot imagine what I know. I've seen your writings, Tony. I've seen them on social media, but I can't imagine how this makes you feel. Well, thank you, Joyce. Uh, I just want to make sure that uh, all of your listeners know uh, just how effective uh, Kelly Buckland is in his role as head of the uh, Nickel. Um, Kelly and I and his wife have been close friends for a long time. Um, Kelly uh, moved from Idaho to Washington, D.C. to uh, pursue his efforts full-time here, and he's done a tremendous job, so I just want to acknowledge uh, that to begin with. Um, Secondly, uh, this bill is, you've heard all the time about um, putting the nose uh, under the tent and what happens when that hap- when you permit that to happen. Uh, my concern over the last 28 years has been uh, when are we going to face amendments that try to do away with the ADA? And they won't offer a bill to repeal the ADA. What they'll do is uh, stick their nose under the tent, one by one, um, do things that will destroy the effectiveness, the impact of uh, uh, ADA for the millions of Americans uh, all across this country. And remember this, Joyce, that if we in the United States uh, were to let this bill pass, that would be a signal to the rest of the world that we in the United States that have left, left uh, have, have uh, uh, led the world in regards to disability rights, that maybe they should renege on what they've done in their countries because the United States is the leader in regards to disability rights. And so the impact is not just on us Americans here. It's on people with disabilities all over the world. And this is an attempt, a deliberate attempt, to start to uh, repeal parts of the ADA so that you, in effect, make the ADA ineffective. What this bill does is basically say that it's if you don't know or you do know that there's an ADA law that requires you to comply, you can ignore it until somebody... Uh, comes to you and says that you have to do something, and then you have all kinds of time to comply if you want to. Um, It basically is a clever way to do away with the impact of the ADA. And that's why it's so critical, like Liz was saying, it's so critical that we not let the Senate um, uh, pass this bill report out this bill, whatever. And I've been advocating to people that what we need to do is we need to aggressively work on the Democrats, Senator Casey being the leader and and because of his relationship with Majority Leader Schumer, um, they are the ones that organize the effort uh, on the inside in regards to the fight on Obamacare. And so Senator Casey will play that role in regards to this legislation as well. 
he's probably the most effective voice we could have to lead it because he's aggressive, he's passionate, he knows the subject. And so having him doing that is important. But for us advocates, for us out there in the field, I think it's critical for us to get between five and seven Republicans who say they will not support it. If we can do that, uh, the majority leader in the Senate, McConnell, will not schedule that bill if it were to go anywhere, and a committee would not hold hearings if that were to happen. So we need to focus our efforts in trying to get uh, who are the possible five, uh, seven Republicans that we can get who would say publicly and openly they will not support this bill. It's critical, critical that we do it. So all of our listeners, Tony, what do you want them to do? I think that people like, uh, uh, you know, Nickel and all the other disability groups uh, need to decide uh, who these five to seven Republicans are. Uh, obviously, you would start with Collins, Murkowski, um, and others. Uh, but you need to go after the seven. And Kelly probably is the best to help us identify who those seven are. And for your listeners, I would suggest that they call their senator regardless. And if they have a Republican senator, they need to call them and try to get their support to oppose this legislation, but also ask them to help us get others. So it's not a just one ask. It's trying to get uh, the Republican member, if it's in your state, uh, to get somebody else to join up with them uh, to oppose it. That should be the ask. And Kelly and group will help identify who the, four, uh, the five to seven are uh, so that we all collectively uh, can help go after those five to seven. And Kelly, you know, as I said, I, I have been reading uh, Tony, what he's, you know, his blog and things he's been saying on social media. Um, so w- we need to get this out, though, more. I mean, Kelly, why this doesn't seem like it's as well known, you know, in the country. I don't think people know about this. What, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's right, although I think uh, we have been getting more press coverage around this. Um, and I think lots of people like Tony, you know, out there on social media is really helping us too. Uh, and Tony, thank you so much for your very kind words. I, I have uh, just really enjoyed working with you and um, uh, all the great advocacy that you've done over decades now has just, we would not be where we are without uh, Tony Quello. So thank you so That's much. That's true. But I, I, we did send out a letter, Joyce, today, Nickel did, for sign-ons. There's over 500 organizations signed on to the letter opposing uh, any amendments to the Americans with Disabilities Act. And we're looking for other organizations to sign on to that. And they're asking the Senate just to not take this bill up. And that and is so wanna, awesome. And I just want to say just, one thing, Joyce, before yes, uh, yeah. I get cut off, is that Kelly, say hello to Merrill for me. His, Merrill, his, Kelly's wife, is a real jewel. 
And so please say hello to her for me. Will do, Tony. Thank you. Yeah, we're in a and club Merle together. Sends, Merle sends her love back to you guys. Um, Tony, what what is the chance of getting like national media on this? I'm not sure, Joyce, that I would spend my time worrying about that. I mean, that's difficult to get. And and as uh, uh, Kelly has said, we've gotten some. There's been uh, articles in the newspapers about the House uh, passing this bill that's anti-ADA. So we got a, a good amount of coverage. It was also in broadcast media as well. So that happened. But the, the thing that will help us is people... Uh, that listening to your show, uh, who can help us with other groups and so forth, uh, to spread the word. The the community, our community, um, is took the uh, repeal of Obamacare because of pre-existing conditions and other things, took it seriously and fought it hard. Um, when in the House, when this bill came up, our community came together fairly well. Not as aggressive as I would like but came together fairly well to push back. Um, and what we, what we need is uh, getting the 19 uh, uh, Republicans who voted against the bill uh, to see what states they're from and see if we can't use that as a vehicle to go after the senators from those states. And I think it just needs to be focused. I mean, I think that uh, instead of spending time trying to get national media, I think the most important thing is for us as a community to aggressively work uh, these senators, um, to aggressively go after them. That's what they'll pay attention to, not what's in the media. You know, uh, I had someone say to me, oh, Joyce, don't worry, this won't happen. Well, it already happened in the House of Representatives. And one thing you've taught me, Tony is to never assume, to not sit back because things happen we wouldn't think could or will happen. So you had that Tony Quello challenge years ago. As a matter of fact, I am right now wearing the band that Tony had thousands of these made, uh, blue and red for blue, st- blue states, red states, Epilepsy Foundation, Think Positive. So, Tony, what would be your Tony Quello challenge to the listeners? Protect ADA. Senate, vote no. Um, and I think that all of that is good. I just am so um, positive about the ability of our community to act when it feels it's critically necessary. We did it on the ADA. We did it on the ADA Amendments Act. We did it on Obamacare. We did it again on Obamacare. Um, We organized uh, somewhat aggressively in regards to the House vote, but not aggressive enough. Uh, We just need to tear down all the silos, no matter what group you're in, no matter if it's heart, if it's uh, epilepsy, if it's it's, uh, physical disability. It makes no difference. We're all one community. Tear down the silos and let's go after protecting the ADA. That's what it takes, emotion, aggressiveness on the part of our community to knock this back. Um, You know, Kelly knows what that is. 
uh, ADAPT has been great in making that passion uh, public and aggressive, uh, but we need to have the whole community, not just ADAPT, not just NICL, not just those of us in the Epilepsy Foundation, but the whole community uh, take this on and be aggressive about it, not sit back and say, oh, it won't ever happen. Uh, we said that in regards to the house side, uh, but they needed uh, something to feed their, uh, their, uh, their base to say they were taking on uh, things. And so we can't let that uh, go to the Senate now uh, because it's going to be a tough political year uh, for the elections for the Senate. And we don't want this to be a vehicle uh, that they could bring up to show their base uh, that they want to knock back uh, these efforts and protect business. Um, so it's, it's really critically important that our communities show the passion uh, so that it translate to, translates to these senators. And again, I stress, every uh, senator we should touch, but we've got to push uh, seven, five to seven senators to get them across, to publicly say they're opposed. That were to happen, it won't come up. Callie, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, that's true. We also have to make sure that the Democrats hold their hold their ground. And well, what Kelly, will go ahead, Tony. Yeah, if we if we could get five or seven of the Republicans to come our way, uh, we'll hold uh, the the Democrats. I imagine we the only two that only two that I would think could go the other way, but I'm not even sure they would on this one. On this one, I think we keep them all. But but we got to prepare uh, for two in in the House. If all the Democrats had voted no, it still would not have uh, been defeated. Um, we had 19 Republicans vote no, and we had 11 Democrats vote uh, 19 Republicans vote no, and we had 11 Democrats who voted yes. Um, but uh, we I know it's it's tempting to concentrate on getting all the Democrats together, but if we did that we'd lose uh, 51 to 49. And so the critical thing is to let's get the, those five Republicans, seven Republicans, publicly opposed, and then I don't think we have to worry about anything at that point because McConnell will not bring it up if it's going to fail. Kelly, do you agree? Yeah, I, I think you can't. Uh, focus on one or the other strategy. We really need both the Democrats and the Republicans to oppose us. I mean, our, I think our effort right now is going to try to keep them from taking it up at all. But That's right. if they do take it up, we really have to go after them. I mean, and, uh, we need, really need to be stronger. And I think Tony, uh, I really think Tony is right on target. We have to, like, um, be strong as one community. We cannot... Uh, not all be together. We have to be together as a, as a family on this. Yeah, sometimes our biggest problem in the disability community has been us in the disability community, you know, not working together. And we must work together the way Tony said everyone did when the ADA 
was signed and when Tony Hall pushed through the ADA Amendments Act because that's the only way it works. Tony, wasn't that the one time, the signing of the ADA, that everyone came together? Yes, it was. I mean, that was a great effort uh, by the total community. And we couldn't be stopped because of it. We, we won different time, of course, different circumstances politically, but basically because of our push, because of our aggressiveness and all parts of the community, um, we were able to prevail and we prevailed by big margins. Again, different time, different politics, but there's no reason that we can't prevail easily on this if our community would come together. Well, before we go, uh, Kelly, do you have any last words? And also, oh, Kelly, how can everyone follow what's going on? Should they go to your website? Yeah, they can do that for sure. There's also a, a, a Facebook page that's up on this, and they can follow that as well. Uh, so there's lots of social media out there that people can find with just Googling. Uh, but they also can follow Congress. And I would encourage them to do that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's going to be stuff up on our website for sure. Okay, and, so Joyce, I really I apologize, but I have to now go to that same meeting with Senator Casey that uh, Michael and Liz went to. So thank oh, you. Oh, no, that's all right. So- I'm so appreciative that you could join us. Uh, actually, we're coming to the end of the show, so that's quite all right. Callie, keep fighting the fight. Will do. You as well, Joyce. Thanks for everything. You're welcome. Tony. Tony. Thank you, Kelly. Hey, Tony, I love that tear down the silos. Yeah. I I love that. It's just something our community has to agree to do. We've got to tear them down. Well, Tony, we love you. Thank you for everything that you're doing. And, you know, I end every show with a quote. Guess what it's going to be? Tear down the silos, said Tony. I love that. Tear down the silos. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Thank you so much, Tony Quello. Talk to everyone next week with Jeffrey Hodding. Talk- Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.